in your cup and joy on the set. The Super Morning Show is always the best on Joy 99.7 FM. You know, we're talking about the heightened expectations that comes with oil. People seem to think that the oil is going to give us a slash fund that everybody can dip their hands into at will. And I think that was Welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Hannah Jaffe-Wald. Today is Friday, June 18th, and that was Kojo, a DJ on Joy FM in Accra, Ghana, you heard at the top there. He was talking about the recent discovery of oil in that country. So in Ghana, they're talking a lot about oil and money. Today on the show, we are going to be talking about it too. But first, we have our Planet Money indicator from Jacob Goldstein. Today's indicator, 17. That's how many countries are going to be in the Eurozone now that they're going to let Estonia in. Estonia. So Estonians will now be buying their herring and pickles with euros instead of what, what's their currency now? It's, it's the kroon. And actually, I'm pleased to say I found a picture of a, of a kroon note and put it up on the blog. Uh, so, right. So the kroon is out as of, uh, as of January 1st. The euro is in, which on its face seems kind of weird, right? You have this currency that the whole world is, is worried about. And some countries like, great, you know, let get us in on that. We want the euro. Yeah. I mean, I can sort of see the logic from the eurozone point of view, which is that, uh, no, no, we're fine. Look, we're not dying. In fact, we just added a new member. We're growing. Uh, That's true. And, you know, really from the Estonian point of view, it also makes sense. Estonia is a very small economy. They were a satellite of the Soviet Union during the Cold War. And and joining the Eurozone uh, means that they're going to be part of the big European economic club, you know, alongside the the big players like Germany and France. And Greece. (laughs) Right. All right. So you make the cheap Greece joke, right? But <laughs> but really, Estonia is quite different. They've been been running really a very a tight fiscal ship, and their their debt levels are actually even lower than Germany's. Okay. So welcome, Estonia. Goodbye, Jacob. Bye, guys. Thank Thanks. You. All right. On the show today, we look at a possibly crazy, possibly brilliant idea, which is that poor governments should take the money that they do have and just give it away, give it all away. And hopefully by doing that, break a decades, maybe even a centuries-old curse. So we we sort of stumbled upon this idea when earlier this week, the U.S. government had put out new information about minerals in Afghanistan, that there was one trillion, maybe even more minerals, copper, gold, and lithium just waiting to be mined, just sitting in Afghanistan waiting for someone to turn it into money. And there was this kind of money quote in the Pentagon report. It said, quote, Afghanistan could become the Saudi Arabia of lithium. (laughs) Saudi Arabia of lithium. Big statement. So lithium is used in batteries, cell phones. The idea is that it's going to be more valuable than oil. So all this was on my mind when I called Arvind Subramanian. He's an economist with the Peterson Institute. I actually was calling him about something else entirely. But as we were talking, I asked him what he thought about the news reports. My first response was, oh, uh, this is uh, real trouble for ex- Afghanistan uh, because uh, uh, bad as the situation is already in Afghanistan, you know, with all these things going on, uh, the discovery of, of these natural resources means that you know, Afghanistan is going to be prey to what we call the natural resource curse. So that on top of all the problems, we're going to have a natural resource curse problem as well. So this is crazy, right? The idea that Potentially trillions in mineral wealth could be the worst thing that ever happened to Afghanistan. This is something we've talked about before on Planet Money, the idea of a resource curse. So 
if you have a poor country that does not have natural resources, does not have oil or lithium, the government has at least an incentive to do right by the people because the richer the people get, then the richer the government gets because the government gets its money from taxes. So if it makes good decisions for the people, uh, they're more productive, then the government can tax more. It's, it's good for everybody. But when you have natural resources like oil or lithium, the government sort of doesn't, doesn't need the people. It doesn't need them to be starting new businesses and all that because it's got this free money in the ground. And it can take all the money from the resources and just kind of ignore the people. So that is one reason why in a lot of countries that are very rich in natural resources, you still have a lot of repression and a lot of poverty. You can think of Nigeria or Iraq or Angola. You thought that unequivocally, unequivocally bad news? Yeah, I, I think it is unequivocally bad news. You know, uh, it's always easy to come up with uh, counterexamples of countries that, you know, don't suffer from the natural resource curse. But I think the prerequisites, you know, the, the fundamentals for what you need to be able to manage uh, resources effectively are pretty demanding. You know, you need um, basically a very mature democracy that's able to handle resources with a lot of accountability and a lot of transparency. And, and Afghanistan does not have that. So that sounds depressing. But don't worry, listeners. Arvind Subramanian says he has figured it out. He's figured out a way to break the curse. And the way to break the curse is a very simple idea. You take all that money that comes in from lithium in Afghanistan or oil in Iraq and you give it away. Literally take piles of cash and divvy it up among the citizens. Let's, for the, for the sake of argument, assume that all these resources would result in, you know, uh, $5,000 per household per year. Uh, I would like that, you know, 5000 to go to every household uh, every year, uh, say, in two uh, biannual installments uh, and carry on indefinitely. And, of course, it would be updated, uh, you know, every six months or every year, depending upon the value of, of the resource. Arvind has a wingman in his cause, a sort of tamer, go out in the world and charm people into agreeing with you kind of wingman. His name is Todd Moss. Todd Moss is an economist with the Center for Global Development in Washington, D.C. And he, too, shared the same sense of dread reading about Afghanistan's mineral wealth. Although, instead of thinking, oh, sh- Todd Moss, he's sort of tamer wingman, he thought. Oh, no, this sounds like, a, a, you know, a big, big problem for Afghanistan. So Todd Moss says he's optimistic about this idea of just handing out cash. In fact, he says he has seen it work. You don't even have to leave the United States. Alaska does a form of this where they pay a direct dividend to every citizen of the state. They receive a check uh, once a year. Um, and some form of that in these low-income countries that have large uh, natural resource fines, in the immediate term, you would get an immediate welfare boost. This would be direct payments into the hands of people that could spend it on what they wanted. But what we would also hope is that the expectation that they would receive this on a regular basis, either once or twice a year, would create an intense amount of public demand for accountability from the from the government for where that money uh, came from and what they're doing with it. And if you received, you know, $500 last year and this year it's only $400, you know, you're going to ask some pretty hard questions. You know, what's going on here? Why am I getting $100 less? Is it that the prices went down or is it that the money was siphoned off and went somewhere it shouldn't have? So, Hannah, I'm, I'm kind of liking this idea because I can see that if I'm getting cash from the government, I'm going to be paying a lot more attention to what the government's doing compared to if the government just sort of gets a bunch of oil revenues or lithium revenues and just spends it. You know, I'm going to pay a lot more attention if I'm getting cash from the government. 
Yeah, and that's what Todd Moss really loves about this idea. There, there's this one other part that Arvind Subramanian really loves, something almost no one loves. He loves this plan because it leads to taxes. Countries that are forced to tax their citizens by and large have better institutions because taxation is the glue that connects the government and citizens. Because people don't like being taxed, uh, there's pressure on the government to spend the money well from the taxes. Otherwise, in a democratic system, they won't get elected. Uh, the, the citizenry won't be happy. So, so, so the government so how- should... So, so the government... So Afghanistan would make money from its lithium, Taxing. and then it would give that money to all of its people, and then it would ask for it back in the form of taxes. Exactly. And that you know, really circuitous way of doing things is what creates the right incentives for better government. So it's a little awkward. You, you give money to the people, and then you take it back. But by doing that, Arvind says, you do this thing that is so hard to do. You build a functioning government. Who knew that the single most important thing holding together our way of life was the IRS? <laughs> yes, the IRS. So, so that's the plan. Cash to the people. Tax it back. Todd and Arvind set out on a roadshow to try to sell this plan. They went on a sort of economist big idea dog and pony show to real countries with real governments and real citizens. Todd took Ghana and Arvind took Nigeria. We'll come back to Arvind in a minute. Let's start with Todd. He went to Ghana. Ghana recently discovered oil offshore, though none of it has been drilled yet. Ghana is a democracy, so there is a huge, very active public debate happening there right now about what should be done with the oil. There's a lot of fear in that country about the resource curse. You hear all the time, we don't want to become the next Nigeria. So Todd Moss lands in Ghana in the middle of all this, and he gets a meeting with some pretty important government people, including the Ghanaian vice president. The first reaction was, well, we already want to spend this on infrastructure. We want to build bridges and highways and redo the airport. Um, so why would we give this money away? Um, but I think as you start to oh, talk... Like people, like government yeah. people had already thought about, oh, this is great. I've been wanting to rebuild that airport. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They had a, a long list of, of projects they had in mind that they wanted to, to, to build, many of them very large, highly visible infrastructure projects. Uh, And they were waiting for that money to come in so they could start to spend it. And the idea that uh, they would just give it away to regular people seemed a little crazy. Todd Moss then went to talk with Jean Mensa. She advises the government. She's with the Institute of Economic Affairs in Accra. And she says, yeah, and there are some logistical problems with this, too. How do you figure out who to give the money to? It was difficult to tell who was a Ghanaian and who was a non-Ghanaian. You know, it was not the time was not right yet. Because we, did not, we don't have a database of Ghanaian citizens. There's a lot of confusion. Hannah, so at the beginning, I really liked this idea. Now I have a whole list of problems. One, what she said, how do you find people, right? You know, you don't have a census. You don't have a list of citizens. Someone could come over from the neighboring country and say, hi, yes, I'd like my $10,000 now. That's problem number one. Problem number two, how do you get the money to the people? Most people probably don't have bank accounts. You can't just write them checks. True, true. But wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I got problem number wait, I'm three. Problem number three, taxes, right? I mean, I, I get the argument for taxes, but... Are you going to help these countries set up an internal revenue service? Are you going to help them train all the accountants? You know, uh, 
taxing people is difficult. A lot of people working on the street for their for their brother. Greece has a real problem taxing people. Also, if you set up a taxing authority, that seems like the place where you're going to get a lot of corruption. True, true. Okay, I know, I know. They know. They get all these questions as the economists go and travel. They get asked all of these logistical problems. They recognize their challenges. But they, I mean, my understanding of the response is that, you know, there is new identification technology that could address some of these problems. And you've got electronic transfers through cell phones. A lot of people in poor countries now use cell phones or they at least have access to a cell phone network. You know, and plus, if you know that a couple thousand dollars is coming to you from gas or lithium, you find a way to get access to some way to collect that money. And I guess on the government's end, the idea is that if you aren't getting that money directly from the natural resources, you want to get that money through setting up an IRS system that works, which is something that they need to do anyway. So Todd Moss isn't getting great reception from the government. The government's advisors didn't really like the idea. So finally, he takes his idea directly to the people. I actually did morning drive time radio in the capital city, and I got reactions from this is the best idea ever. You should run for president to this is terrible. Why are you telling us how to how to spend this money? You, you know, you should be kicked out of the country. So amazingly, when asked, do you want a ton of cash to be handed to you when oil gets drilled? The Ghanaian public opinion was divided. And people had all these questions, like, how's the money going to be distributed? A lot of people asked that. And then other people would say, well, we need schools and infrastructure right away. That's more important. The other questions were, well, aren't people just going to blow the money? Some some folks were saying, oh, you're just going to stoke inflation. I got a lot of sort of urban elitism. What you know, what are what are you going to what do people who live out in the middle of nowhere? What are they going to do with the cash? A lot of questions about, well, how will you do this? I got a lot of a, a lot a lot of complaints that Alaska is nothing like our country. Um, so you know why you know we don't have polar bears here. Why would you think that we should we should uh, we have anything to learn from Alaska? Were you yeah. surprised? I mean, there you are, <laughs> like there you are saying on Ghanaian radio. I think your government should hand you the windfall of money that's going to come in. It should give it directly to you, and you're getting all this skepticism. Well, I think it's counterintuitive to a lot of people. You know, the idea is that, you know, government should provide for us. Government is always cash poor. Here's this cash coming into government. Why can't they just spend it well? Uh, you know, that's the answer. Uh, and in fact, one one uh, at, at one of the forums where I, where I presented this idea, he said, no, your idea, it's too easy. You're letting the government off the hook. So in Ghana, the idea is not going over so well. But a couple countries over, we have Arvin Subramanian, and he is faring better. He's in Nigeria, where oil was discovered many decades ago. And the people there, it's an easier choice for them. They do not feel very good about the government. Um, from the mid-1970s to 2000, Nigeria earned something like $300 billion from oil. And yet the average Nigerian is today poorer than in 1970. So in Nigeria, when you ask people, do you just want to have money? from the oil revenue, they say yes. The idea got a lot of play in Nigeria because in Nigeria, you know, the man on the street will tell you that the problem is oil. You know, it, it doesn't take rocket science to know that. And so they find it very appealing because they say we don't, uh, you know, we cannot trust our leaders with oil money. So unlike Todd on the radio show, people generally really like Arvin's idea when he explains it to them. But there is one fundamental problem with 
this notion. And that became very clear in Nigeria, one that Arvin freely admits when you ask him, how's it going pitching Nigeria? Uh, Not very well, I'm afraid, uh, because I think there is a a kind of basic problem with this proposal, which is that if the current guy in power does not want to give up power, then my idea has no hope of succeeding. I'm completely, I have no no illusions about that. So I decided to call one of those people in power. I'm the presidential advisor on petroleum matters in Nigeria. This is Dr. Emmanuel Egboga, and I called him. We talked for a long time about Todd and Arvin's idea of handing out cash directly to the citizens of Nigeria. Why would you do that? Why do you have government? If you give it to the people, do you understand that the government builds roads, builds schools, hospitals, schools, does everything? And uh, the government has to have revenue. And the government is using that revenue to do all this. So this argument of this, uh, the resource cost, which I have met with some of the people who are proposing it, I say, you are not thinking right. The resource is not a cost. It is bad management that is cost. And why? Cash, cash disbursements to every citizen, disbursement of the revenues from oil is not a solution to any problem. In fact, it will probably create more problems than they had in the past, where individuals are allowed to run wild with their money, they can pay tax, they can refuse to pay tax or not pay tax, and all that. So really... So you, you worry that, that people will run, run wild with the money, like they'll, they'll waste the money? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And uh, no, it would, it, that's not the way to run any, any society or government in the modern times. So there you have it from Nigeria's presidential advisor on petroleum. Thank you, Arvind Subramanian, for your idea, but no thanks. <laughs> if he's not into it, it's probably not going to happen. So both Arvind and Todd are frank that it does not seem like this is going to happen on a large scale right now. But their hope is that, you know, there are some small programs that exist right now. Bolivia gives some of its natural gas money to pensions for poor people. Mongolia has a program for kids. So they hope that there will be more kind of small programs like that that serve as models to convince countries like Ghana or Nigeria to convince them to try it on a larger scale. Okay, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. You can find us, as always, at npr.org slash money. A reminder, the deadlines for T-shirt design submissions for the Planet Money T-shirt we're going to be making, that is Tuesday, June 22nd. So get them in. We've gotten some really great ones, and we'd love to see yours before Tuesday, June 22nd. You can send us your designs at planetmoney at npr.org. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Clana Jaffe-Walt. Thanks for listening. This is for real.